Shall we begin? All right, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. Today, I have a special guest. This gentleman has turned his podcast into a profitable business. Uh, he is starting to blow up. He is blowing up. Um, I had to get him on. I normally don't do a uh, weekend podcast, but uh, this was the uh, best time to get him on. I'd like to introduce everybody to Mr. Kevin Palmieri. How are we doing today, Kevin? Francisco, I appreciate the opportunity. We had a little chat behind the scenes. I'm excited to see where we go with everybody else, but I appreciate your time and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting after it. So from audience don't know you, please explain to my audience who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am the co-founder, the CFO, and the co-host of Next Level University. We are a global top 100 podcast. We've been listened to in over 120 countries. We just crossed episode 917 as of today. Uh, and that's my, my main thing. I'm also a, speak, a speaker, a coach, and I have a, a business called Next Level Podcast Solutions as well. But I get to podcast for a living at this point and coach for a living, which I'm very, very grateful for. Which I think it's great because I think a lot of the objectives for a lot of the podcasters is to do just that, is to record for a living. I don't have that privilege yet. <laughs> so yeah. I still have to work my nine to five. But learning from guys like you who do this full time, it's, you know, picking your brain and uh, you know, getting pointers that, I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you do have a business as well. You have to make money on, but I'm sure you give bits and pieces away for free that can help people get along the way. But like anything else, it's a business. You need to make your money off of it. So what got you into the whole podcasting business? Uh, what was the passion behind it? Yeah, it's interesting, Francisco. When you look back, it's really hard to connect the dots until you look back, right? I remember I used to drive a truck. And when I would drive a truck, I would listen to sports talk radio or I would listen to morning shows. And I always thought to myself, imagine talking on the radio for four hours and then being done for the rest of the day. That must be the coolest job in the history of the world. If, you know, fast forward probably seven or eight years and I got interviewed on a podcast. It was actually my co-host's podcast before we were planning on doing this together. And at the end of it, I said to my buddy, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. Shout out to Andrew. And he said, you can do that for a living. And I went and ordered the equipment the next week. I had everything I needed. I did the research. I had my artwork. I had my intro. I had my outro. And for the first time ever, I really felt on purpose. I felt aligned. And in a weird way, and maybe it's, it's similar for you, I feel like I can be authentic Kevin on the microphone where I don't always feel that way in other aspects of my life, maybe with the family or whatever it may be. Now I do because this is who I am and this is my persona and my identity. But getting to talk into a microphone is a dream come true and, and getting the ability to monetize it is a dream come true even deeper. On episode seven of, of my show, when I was by myself, I said, I want to wake up when I want. I want to interview awesome people. I want to go to the gym when I want. I want to be my own boss. I want to be my own boss. And that was a big goal at the time, but, but here we are. And yeah, it's just awesome having impact. It's awesome having impact all over the world, all over the country and in places that I've never been to or heard of just a weird thing for somebody who grew up in a small town and didn't expect a lot out of life. So during your journey, when you were self-discovering and, you know, started your podcast and you know, you're getting, what, what was the biggest pain point for you when it came to getting where you are now? What was some of the struggles uh, for you to overcome? Easiest in the beginning was making money. I mean, I think it, everybody, when they start a business, they have to go from zero to one when it comes to monetization. So in the beginning, and this is for any podcaster, Francisco, for you, 
I started coaching for free. I had somebody who I knew was a listener of the show. Her name was Jenna. She's actually on the team now, which shows how it goes full circle. And I reached out and I said, Jenna, I am running a beta testing group for coaching. I'd love to coach you. Are you interested? It's totally free. And she said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I coached her for two months for free. At the end of that two months, my schedule was starting to fill up, which was great with other free clients. And I said, I can't do that for free anymore. And I started charging 50 bucks a week, 75 bucks a week. And you know, now we have clients who pay us thousands of dollars a month, which is great. But everybody starts from zero to one. Everybody has to go from zero to one. That was the hardest thing. And then I think the second hardest thing was probably dealing with the judgment from other people. It's, you know, I was making $100,000 a year before I left that to do this full time. In going from making that sort of money and having a sports car and having a nice place to really becoming a broke entrepreneur almost overnight, there's a lot of judgment that comes with that. So I had to face a lot of that. And then the third one, just being insecure, being insecure about my lack of knowledge in business or sucking as, as a speaker in the beginning, all of those things really, really made it very difficult. But I believe that the stuff that you overcome, the adversity that you overcome becomes your advantages. You know, now we're 920 episodes in and I'm a better speaker than I've ever been. And I'll be a better speaker after this. And I'll be a better speaker tomorrow. And it's, it really is the reps at the end of the day, do more reps and you will get better. So how many episodes typically do you put out per week for the show? Seven, one a day. You put out seven episodes? Yeah, yeah. Man, and I, I go on, one. I go on at least three other shows. I can week. only do one a week, man, because my schedule is, you know, I have a, I'm a, I work in the financial world. I'm a, a business banker. So I'm nine to five. I, you know, I can only do one episode a week and, and putting out, and I do everything I'm on. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, when I have a team. I'm, you yep. know, editing video, you know, trying to uh, update my equipment, and everything else. So. Yep. Where you are right now is where I want to be eventually. But what a lot of people don't understand is everybody that picks up a mic thinks they're going to be profitable at some point. And that's just not the reality of this business. You know this. You've been in it long enough to understand there are 2 million podcasts out there. Most Statistically, most podcasts don't last past seven episodes because people don't know how to continue to bring content. So for a new podcaster who's starting on this industry that wants to pick up the mic, what is the best advice you can give them? Uh, Don't start with a a finish in mind. So many people start and they say, well, I just want to get to a thousand downloads, or I want to get to a hundred episodes, or I want to get to a hundred thousand dollars. You're starting for the wrong reason. That's the first thing is your expectations are tainted. We made zero dollars the first year and we had 1,057 downloads, like not successful, wildly unsuccessful in the grand scheme of things. And if we had the expectations that we were going to make money, we would have quit. You have to be in it for the long haul, first and foremost. You have to have staying power, that second. And I I would say the third thing is you have to understand that at the end of the day, no matter what kind of podcast you're doing, whether it's financial, whether it's real estate, whether it's comedy, whether it's sports, whether it's self-improvement like we are, at the end of the day, it's all about how do you add value to your listeners? And you have to know your listeners. You have to know your demographic and your psychographic. And I think a lot of people, they, they don't go into the depths of understanding, just like anything else. If you want to have a successful relationship, you have to study relationships. If you want to save more money and invest more money and, and have a higher net worth, you have to study and focus on wealth creation. And when it comes to health, you have to study health. I think that a lot of people get into podcasting, assuming that it's just this, when realistically, you have to understand business, you have to understand sales, you have to understand margins, you have to understand how to start an LLC. It's just, 
it's way more than even I originally thought. So make sure that you're studying everything you're, you're planning on putting into practice. That way, when you get there, it's not the first time you've seen it. So like with me, like with my podcast, it's all about, I have an open platform. I, you know, I, I want everybody on the show. I don't try to box myself into one specific corner. We'll talk sports. We'll talk, you know, politics if we have to, you know, I just want people to be able to come on and, you know, speak what they want to speak. Hmm. And I give people a platform. I mean, I've had a flat earther on my show. So, I mean, it's it's to the point where now where, you know, it's growing and people are coming to me for interviews instead of me going out and looking for people, which is mm-hmm. which is great. That means people are interested and they like the product that I'm putting out. Like you said, first year, my downloads were only about, uh, you know, 1300. So it was, you know, I, I'm, I was averaging 50 downloads an episode. Yeah, so I understand where, you, where you're coming from. It takes time to build things. But I think people are in such a rush. They don't understand it can take years before your podcast can become profitable, but they're not willing to learn. They're willing just to, you know, people want to rush into it. They don't want to put the time and the effort behind it. You know, they'll just jump on anchor, you know, throw something on anchor and then think that's, you know, that's it. And they can make a little bit of change doing that. But like you, you have turned your podcast into a top 100 podcast. You're very profitable. This is what you do full time. I think people can learn from that. And, but people have to be willing to learn from that, but we're in a microwave generation now where people don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I've been on so many shows, Francisco. It's like, I can tell you, and I mean this with love again, our brand is heart driven, but no BS. Most people don't succeed because they don't understand what it takes to. That's the biggest thing is, you know, when I go on, I go on a lot of other shows and I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. This is where I love being. I love being in front of this microphone, but there's so many people out there who have the good enough mentality. And the good enough mentality will never bring you great results. And this is the other thing too. A lot of people are learning from people who aren't winning. That's something I see so often. I'm sure you do too. I could go rent a Lamborghini and tell you that I, I made all my money doing something, even if I didn't do it. And since I have the Lamborghini and a nice watch and tattoos, you might believe me. When it's really, you have to make sure the advice you're getting is sound. So many of my clients and it's painful to hear. So many of my clients, the advice that they take to heart the most is the advice they get from people who have never podcast and don't listen to them. How do you take advice from somebody who doesn't know the art? So let's play devil advocate for a minute. Okay. So what if I told you, how do you distinguish yourself from every other internet guru out there? You understand that you're not an internet guru. You're a relationship builder. People come to you for a reason. They stay for a different reason. And the reason we're winning at the level we are, and I had this conversation on a podcast recently, I said, I know where our listeners live. I know if they're single or if they're in a relationship, I know if they have high self-worth or low self-worth, if they believe in themselves, you have to know your listeners. You have to form a real, real, real community. This is why buying followers doesn't work. It works for perception. You look successful. If you don't have the systems behind the scenes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, you can, you can treat your platform like you are the guru, and that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all the guides. Our, our goal is to be the guide of what we're talking about. But what happens after they listen, and this is, this is important for everybody, what happens after somebody listens to your podcast is just as, if not more important than what happens before. The, the art of them or the, the fact of them listening is point one. What you do with that after is the name of the game because if you don't have somewhere for them to go that is at least as or more valuable they'll go somewhere else what people don't understand too is is when you are working with somebody it's a partnership 
It, you can't, you the person who's who's helping and can't do all the work. The person who hired you has to put in that time and that effort as well to get where they need to be. And I think people get the misconception is, is when they hire somebody like yourself to help them grow, to mentor them, to get them where they need to go to the next level. They think that you're supposed to do all the work for them. That's not mm -hmm. how that works. And I think yeah. a lot of times podcasters fail because they have this misconception that, well, I'll just hire somebody to handle all my marketing and everything else. And they think that's going to mm -hmm. solve the issue for them to make money. Nope. No, I, I literally say that. I'll, okay, I'll be very transparent. I thought, Francisco, working with millionaires was the best thing in the world ever for our business. I thought it was going to be the way. Now, we still have some millionaire clients, and I don't take anything against them. But what I have seen is oftentimes they're not as hungry as my clients who are newer, and they have to win. When you have to win, you play the game differently. And the one thing you cannot pay somebody to do is build a relationship in the same exact way you would do it. It's not replicable. We literally call it scaling the unscalable. When Francisco follows me after this, if he does, I'll send a video. Hey, Francisco, thanks so much for the follow. I appreciate it. Great interview today. Let me know how I can help you. That's not scalable, but nobody else can send a video of me other than me. Right. So, and I try to say that with my clients, like, I'm not going to save you. I can't save you. What I can do is help you skip steps. I can bring awareness that I wish I had. And I can tell you the exact tactics that we've taken to get where we are. But if you don't show up and do the work, then there's only so much that's going to happen. If you want a world-class show, you have to become a world-class host. You have to become a world-class business owner, a world-class influencer, a relationship builder, all those things. So the one thing that, that I think a lot of podcasters get wrong is the first thing they want to do when they start podcasting is try to get celebrities on the show. That's all they want to do. But to me, select look, and one of my, there's only 10 celebrities I would ever want to talk to on my show. I'm being honest with you, only 10, 10, I can name them, 10 celebrities, that's it, that I want on my show. I don't want to deal with celebrities. Like celebrities are talked about every single day. And I understand the masses can be sheep sometime and they just follow the Joneses and the trends. But I don't want that because I'm going to be like every other podcaster out there mm. that, that wants to do that same thing. So for those people out there that just want to interview celebrities and think that, you know, yes, one show can get you a million downloads because you, you know, you, you talk to Dwayne The Rock Johnson or, or, you know, Seth Rogen or somebody like that popular, but doesn't mean you're going to get the next celebrity. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, how do you, how, how do you tell people how to approach that with that mentality and that mindset? Yeah, it's, it's consistency way more than it is one thing. We, we've had big people in our industry. We've never had a the rock. I would love to have the rock on, but you know, we've had the Evan Carmichael, Dave Meltzer, Dean Graziosi in the self-improvement industry. That is the rock, right? They're mm -hmm. very high up there. And what it does, does it help your, your download numbers for sure? Of course. Right. But if you're relying on that one thing, it's almost like the lottery ticket game. You can buy a lottery ticket every day, but if you don't hit it, then you got to go do it again. And Honestly, Francisco, I think the best thing for podcasters to do is to start with solo episodes and then do a solo and a guest either every other week or twice a week. Because at the end of the day, a podcast is a creation of a personal brand that is based on deep form content. And if you want your listeners to become clients, it doesn't help you to get the biggest people on the, on the world on your show. What you have to do is add value to them. On this, in this time, you're elevating me. You're saying, Kev is this, he has the life I want to live. And I appreciate that. I'm super grateful for that. <laughs> but it won't necessarily help you 
get clients. Right. And I'm not the rock by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not even a pebble compared to him. So I think that's an important thing is for you specifically, Francisco, you're the brand. And I can tell if you win, it'll be because of your personality and because people are going to buy into you. Right. Like you and I are having a wonderful conversation and I dig you. You're, you seem like a very cool human. I could get along with you very well. I can see that becoming the through line of the brand is, you know, you are the conversation starter. You never know where it's going to go, but you always know it's going to be good. So, Kevin, for me, when I first started podcasting, I was very uncomfortable talking to the mic to myself, mm. talking because what I do for a living, I talk to people for a living. I, I talk from, you know, to millionaires, to people who are worth five hundred dollars. Yeah. That's what I do in the business line of business that I am. So when I actually started podcasting, it was difficult for me to look at this camera and have an entire conversation for half hour just talking. Because if I felt I messed up, what I would do is I would just erase the whole thing and start yeah. back over. Yeah. And so my wife got in my ear and be like, listen, just cut out the bits and pieces that you want to cut out and just edit it together. Yeah. But I was such a perfectionist at first. I was like, no, get it all out the way, redo it again. Because when I first started, there was a lot of ums and ahs. And, but as you go on and you progress, you can hear your tone starts to be different. Your conversation starts to be different. So, but I feel I bring value to my podcast by talking to other people, mm. by shining a light on other people's talents, by shining a light on people who are not getting the attention they need. I'll still do solos, which is not a problem. I'm more comfortable doing solo now than I were before, that I was before. But now I feel my value to this business is how I interview my guests mm. because I want my guests to shine through. And I think a lot of people don't get that kind of pub. You know, people want to make a lot of these podcasters make their podcast about themselves, which is cool. But at the same time, you're not expanding yourself out to anybody. You lock yourself into one niche. Mm. You just want to talk about one subject and then you run with it. And I'm not that type of person. So mm -hmm. I, it might take me a little bit longer to get get more successful than but I, I'm good with that because I have a, I have a regular job. So I know I can take my time and build this thing up correctly. Yeah. Well, you're you're more of a personality play than a than a expertise play. That's okay, right? That's the brand. Look at Joe Rogan. I mean, it it worked just fine for Joe Rogan. Now, obviously, he's the anomaly. He's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent. Right, yeah. But but there, especially with that mindset, Francisco, of well, I don't care if it takes me a little longer because this is the way I want to do it. I think that's what it's all about. It's it really is understanding the through line of your podcast. So for us, it's heart driven, but no BS for uh, holistic entrepreneurs, like so, holistic self improvement is what we're doing. That's the name of our brand. For you, it's conversations that shed light on people who need more shine. Love it. Love it. And staying within that is what will be your superpower. And I, I think that's what it's all about. Well, I translate it. Like I said, I translate it from what I do for a living on, onto you know the mic because yeah. it's an easy transition for me. So why not? Why not put it out there? Why not talk to people? You'd be amazed. If, well, you, you wouldn't be amazed because you know you do it for a living. But the stories, everybody has a story. Some people's yeah. stories are so incredible, but they don't have an opportunity to put it out there. We have people, everyday people that are experiencing things that I've never experienced, that you never experienced, that haven't had an opportunity to get out there and get their voice heard. Yeah. You know, and you try to make all these connections with these people. And it was it was hard at first to get guests. I'm not even gonna lie to you, it was a struggle. But as the podcast evolved over time, it got to the point now where I don't have to go out as much to look for people. People come to me, which is yeah. fantastic. That means my product has gotten better. So consistency, you say, is the best thing for a podcast. Typically, now I'll just say typically, what do you think the turnaround time is for most podcast success rate for you when you work with podcasters to improve their business? Yeah, it, it, it all is contextual and it depends. This is what I'll tell you. 
we had a client who, so there was two people. They started at the same time. I talked to them at the same time. One of these people worked with us. The other one did not. I talked to the other one a year later. They had roughly 1,000 downloads. Our client had 11,000 downloads. Now, with that 11,000 downloads came five clients, or four, four or five clients that pay, I think, $400 a month being on a bunch of other shows because we raise their awareness to the fact that they should be doing that, speeches and all that stuff. So it all depends on what somebody comes to us for. When it comes to like the content side of things, you won't see, I mean, you going from being on just audio to being on YouTube, you're not going to see a huge jump right away. It doesn't happen. If anything, that's for brand recognition, perception, and credibility. When it comes to client stuff, which is kind of my my expertise with, with our clients. I had a conversation with somebody who's a stay at home mom. She has a stay at home mom podcast. And she said, I want to start monetizing. I said, cool, let's do one-on-one coaching. And she had two clients the next time we talked, which was two weeks later because of what we talked about. So it all depends on the, on the person. This is what I will tell you. I will not make you go viral overnight. I don't believe in it. It doesn't exist. I will help you create systems behind the scenes that will help you to sustain your success and grow it over time. And I, I believe that's the only way to do it. Small 1% incremental improvements is the way to success. The people who say, I can launch you a top rated 100, a top 100 guaranteed. No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I have launched a top 100 show and the person had 156,000 followers. It's very easy when somebody has that size following. It's not hard. It's not hard. You launch three episodes, you get a top 100 show. But it's the following that does that more than anything else. But, you know, like, it's true. Consistency is the key to everything. And, like, for me now, when you punch my, my podcast in, like, it automatically pops up mm-hmm. it, on Google. Like, you'll see, like, Apple's my top place where you can find my podcast. And that's just for me being consistent in what I'm doing yeah. and promoting and all that, which is great. How do you feel about YouTubers, OG YouTubers, people who are on YouTube, their views going down now they're podcasting because they're trying to find another niche and celebrities doing podcasts to me i I feel like we're being drowned out we so many talented podcasters out there i don't think they're getting enough shine because the celebrity spectrum of them coming in now all these celebrities are doing podcasts getting deals they're already multi-millionaires they're already rich you know what i mean how do you feel about that when you see these these uh, talented podcasters are not getting the shine and getting put to the back burner for these celebrities who are putting out their own podcasts now yeah, I think it's par for the course. I think anytime there's something that's picking up steam, everybody goes to it. So, and I'll be honest, I don't pay that much attention to it. And the reason why is I know they won't be around in 10 years and I will be. And and that's like, there's a small ego side of like, I like the competition, but I, I think the other part of it is nobody's willing to smack their head against the pavement as many times as we have. You know, I was broke 500 episodes in. I was to the point where I couldn't buy my fiance Christmas presents. I was $35,000 in debt. There, there aren't as many people who are willing to put themselves into debt because they believe that they can make a business out of this. And, you know, my car was broken. My, it stalled every time I was going under 10 miles an hour. I have all the being broke stories, but I just think you have to expect that the shiny thing is going to get the attention. And this is the other side of it too, Francisco. The lower the barrier to entry, the higher the failure rate. You said it earlier. Most people last between seven and 21 episodes before pod fade kicks in and they're off. Out of the, 
I think there's like 2.6 million shows created at this point. Roughly 75% of them are no longer in production. So just like the YouTube thing, you have to be prolific with content. The podcast, the podcast game is, is, is no different. And yeah, celebrities will come in and they'll, they'll get a good amount of the market, but the market is growing exponentially. And as long as you keep doing your thing and you build a tight knit community, you need a thousand super fans. It's all you need. You need a thousand people who love your stuff. You can have a wonderful, successful career for sure. Now, let me ask you a question, please. So when, when podcasting, when, when podcasting, you oversaturate yourself sometimes, how do you avoid that though? Because I know podcasters that'll be putting out three episodes in one day, yeah. like seven days a week. Like I just, I don't see, I don't see the purpose of that. To me, this is just my opinion. You know, everybody does their things differently, but I just don't want to be oversaturated where people go, oh man, he just guys just, he's just too much content. You know, it's just some of the stuff he's talking about is nonsense. I, I, I'm at the, the point where I just want to put out quality stuff, like the conversation we have, this is a quality conversation. This is knowledge that I can pass on to my listeners and to my viewers who, who, who watch the videos on YouTube. How do you avoid oversaturating yourself though? I don't know that. So I think of it this way, the amount of content you put out should be in direct correlation to the amount of quality you have to give. So to your point, if right now you're capable of doing one piece of quality content because there's other stuff going on, I think that's the way to stay. We do seven episodes a week, but this is what the thing is behind the scenes. I learn every single day for at least 45 minutes. I, I have to chew through books to keep up with the content. So not only do you make the content, the amount of content you want to make makes you. And I think that some people skip the, the, making you part. And they say, you know what, I'm going to do four episodes a week and I'm just going to wing it and figure it out. So can you oversaturate hundred percent? Is there, is there a pyramid under that of mastery of creating systems behind the scenes? Absolutely. One of the reasons we do so many Francisco is I want to have the most successful podcast ever of all time in the self-improvement industry. And from what Alan, my business partner and I have concluded, the main way to do that is to have more content at a higher quality rate and to be better speakers and better holistically. Like I don't go to the gym cause I want to, that's part of the brand. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that. Yeah. And I have a phenomenal relationship. Alan has a phenomenal relationship. A lot of entrepreneurs don't have that. So we're playing the ultra, ultra, ultra long game of most of the listeners will not know me and they will forget me. And hopefully I'll pop up in five to seven years. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard those guys that one time. And they said they were doing big things. So I think it's the long game, but it all depends on what your goal is for us. We I'll never do less content than I do now. Right. But I started at one episode a week, like you hundred percent. And then I went to two and then I went to three, like that's the, just do as much as you're capable of and what's in alignment with your ultimate goals. Gary V is the king of content, right? And yeah. Gary V is winning at a high, high level. I think he's proven the concept that I don't know if you can have too much content. I really don't <laughs> know if you can, especially now. Humans are so distracted that they're not going to watch all your content anyway. No, yeah, you're 100% right on that. Right? They're going to watch 15 seconds of your 30-second video, and then they're on to something else. And I'm the same way, so I understand completely. So I don't understand, like, with TikTok, like, they raised it to 10 minutes now. I don't know anybody's going to sit there and watch a 10-minute video no, of content. Either. 
But like if it's, you know, if it's a, a 10 minute clip of Joe Rogan talking, 99% of people are going to watch it because it's Joe Rogan. He puts yeah. out three episodes a week and they're like three, four hour long episodes. I can't sit through a three hour episode Same. of Joe Rogan. Same. Can't do it. Like I'll listen to some of his clips here and there, but I'm not sitting through that. It's like guys like Fresh and Fit. Um, they, you know, these guys are more YouTubers than they are podcasters. They call mm -hmm. themselves a podcast, but they're not, are they really though? They're more YouTube content. They're, you know, they're on, on every night. They're doing lives every night. But like real podcasters, podcasters that stick, you know, essentially to what they're doing and not, I don't know, I don't, I don't, it's fluff. A lot of the stuff that some of these podcasters yeah. do is fluff. There's no, there's no actual meaning behind it. Like when, yeah. like I've been preached, they're, they're not a podcaster, but they're YouTube, but they have some substance behind what they're doing when they're, when they're doing, I wish they had a podcast. I wish their pod, they would have, because they have, they have substance mm. when they're talking. But they're, you know, they found their niche and they're sticking to it. But for me, I, I feel like my interview, you know, question and answer interview, me being the personality that's being able to talk to people, that's my, that's who I feel I am. Yeah. And just like yourself, the difference is, is you have a team behind you and it's hard to find reliable people that's willing to work with you, to struggle with you, to build your brand up. So yeah. how did you get around that? How did you find people who are willing to go in the dirt with you to get you and help you get where you are right now? It's interesting because... Out of the, we have 15 people on our team, all inter international. We have people in Canada, Italy, the Philippines, all over the place. I would say 95% of them were listeners. They were listeners or clients. I mean, on the team right now, probably 70% of them were clients at one point. So it was very much, hey, do you want to be a part of this, getting in on the ground floor of this amazing thing that's already helped you? I mean, you're sharing it, so I know you believe in it. You're paying us to coach you, so I know you believe in it. This is what we'll do. We'll coach you for free, and you can come and work on the team. And that's how it was for us. It was That was how we started. We didn't have the money to pay people. We didn't have the money. It just didn't exist because we weren't making any of it. So you hire from within your community because you know your community believes in what you're doing. And this is the other thing. Hopefully hopefully you're better behind the scenes. So you've interviewed people. I'm sure you've, the second you hit record and you get off, I'm sure some people are different. We've seen that too. Your character can bring you opportunities that other things just won't bring. And I, I want to say this too, because we're going very podcast heavy, which I absolutely love. Be careful of the stuff that people are saying out there. I, I had a client recently go work with another company and that's great. Like, do you, I, I think that's great. But the claims that some of these companies make, or, you know, I, we brought this person from zero listens to a million and 12 episodes. A lot of it's not true. Most of it's not true. And if you don't have the awareness to recognize the discrepancies, you will get the wool pulled over your eyes. I know there's people paying for followers. I can tell. I know there's people paying for views. You don't get 10,700 views on every video. It doesn't work that way unless you're paying for them. You don't get the same amount of likes on every video unless you're paying for them. So you've got to be very careful with who you compare to. That is a very, very dangerous game that honestly, there is no winning in it. Really, there is no winning. So that's just, if you're out there and you're a podcaster, be careful of who you're comparing to because you're not comparing to the reality. You're comparing to the highlight reel, especially right. when it comes to a podcast, especially. And I think it all depends on who your guest is too. It's like my highest graded episode was 500 downloads. And it was just, a, it was a conversation with this young lady who put out a book, you know, talking about her struggles and we got 500 downloads. Yeah. The Flat Earther interview that I had, uh, it, it garnered a hundred downloads. 
it all depends, I, I believe, on what the subject is and who mm-hmm. you're talking to. And if they promote it as well, people understand this has to go both ways. I like I can interview, but if you're not pushing it out there either, it's not going to get the recognition in the pub that it needs. And I think a lot of people think that it's just my job after I interview to promote everything. And they're not doing their job of promoting it themselves. You wanted to come on the show. You wanted to get talked to. Why are you not pushing this episode out? Why are you guys not doing your part? And I think that's the struggle with a lot of podcasters because there's no communication there. Like I do my best after after this episode, when I set this up, it comes out on uh, on Saturdays is typically when my podcast comes out. I'm going to tag you in absolutely everything. I'm going to make sure I tag you on, I mean, even Tumblr, like if you are on Tumblr as well, I'm going to tag you on everything I can tag you on because I want it to go out into the ether. Mm-hmm. But if people on the other end not doing that <laughs> and not helping yeah. out, it the episode is not going to, there's not going to be any recognition for the episode. It can be the greatest episode in the world. Yep. It'll have five downloads. Yep. Yeah. And what you name it too, that's a huge thing. I would bet that the, the two highest listened to probably had very catchy titles. That's one thing that we've seen tremendously change is we're bad at marketing. We're just not good at marketing because I care way more about who I am as a human than what I'm perceived as to a detriment, honestly, to a detriment. So naming helps tremendously, but yeah, to your point, I mean, it does take two to tango. And I think the expectation that people will share, I think is important to have. Just don't build your business around it. Because when you do start getting the higher up people who do 20, 30 podcasts a month, they're not doing it to share it. They're doing it for whatever, whatever, just to help capture your audience or whatever it may be. So I remember we had somebody on, this was early on. This was probably our, this is our second year. And she, at the time, I think she had 170,000 followers and she shared it. And we had 4,000 downloads overnight. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the way. So we started making these really nice teaser clips, spending hours and hours, and we never got the same hit ever from any other guest ever. It's never happened. I think we struck gold in a very unique time. So, you know, we then built our business around it and didn't work like we wanted it to. So it's understandable, right? You want all the extra eyes you can get. Growing a podcast is about two things, new eyes. And then it's about one thing after that, connecting with new eyes. So speeches, other podcasts, people sharing, website views, blogs, whatever it may be, magazine articles, that is the name of the game. And somebody sharing your podcast is one of those ways to get new eyes. So I think you're, you're there with it 100%. It's just a matter of what would benefit everybody out there is, and you're a numbers guy, Francisco, so get, get connected with the numbers. What is the ratio of pieces of content shared to shared by the guests? And then that'll let you know if it's worth even doing it that way. I, and I think the hardest part of podcasting is keeping up with all the media yes. that like so many apps out there, who do you like, you have to find which apps are most successful. Like IG used to be one of the biggest places you IG's dying right now. Yeah. Like you, it's not, people don't go on reels anymore. Like if you look at every, everything is TikTok, everything is tick, but TikTok, the algorithm is, is such where they don't want good content. They just want people doing knucklehead stuff. Where, where you blow up and, and be viral. So it's just finding where you can actually post your stuff where it's going to make, it's going to do the most 
for you to build your build your brand. And I am a brand. I'm trying to be a brand. Like I have I have my own production company. I have a clothing line that I'm working on. I am a brand and I'm trying to build my brand just like yourself. You you've gotten to the point now where man, top 100 podcasts is phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal. It's you can you can say you have the right to say, they listen, I did this. I can help you with this. And you're mm-hmm. speaking the truth. You're not speaking from, you know, from not knowing for a place of not no. knowing. You know what's going on. And I think that's the difference between you and a lot of other people who try to say, hey, I'm going to help you do this. But what proof do you have? You actually have proof. So you can, you can put that in front of you and say, hey, listen, look at my numbers. Look what I do. This is how I did it. It might work for you. It might not work for you. But at least give it a shot and let me train you and let me coach you and you can find your own way and find your own niche. I think everybody has their own style and they have to have their own style. You can't copy somebody else because it's not going to work for you. It's just not. Yeah. But even to your point, and this is interesting because this is what I tell my clients all the time. You don't have to be the best in the world. You only have to be two or three steps ahead of the people that you're helping. So I was on the phone with somebody recently, Zoom. I guess nobody talks on the phone anymore. <laughs> I was on Zoom recently with somebody And he said, Kev, I really want to start monetizing my podcast, but I'm not where you are. And I said, get that out of your mind because I wasn't where I was either at the beginning. You got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that. Don't compare to where I am. You can't. You're not going to win with that. He said, I don't know what you know about podcasting. I said, but tell me what do you know and what do people ask you the most? And he said, well, I know how to start a show and I know how to create some social media content. He's like, it's interesting because a lot of people ask me how I started. I said, there you go. I've had people pay me hundreds of dollars to help them start a show, charge $100 next time somebody comes and say, hey, I can show you exactly how to start your show. I can show you where you host it and how to get on all the directories. And you have the start to your business. You have the start to your business. I think that value is personal and contextual. It's personal and contextual. I can start a podcast with my eyes closed, but I've done it however many dozens of times at this point. So I can charge for that. But one thing I can't charge for is how to get a $100,000 speech. I've never done it. I've never done it. So where are you on the spectrum of, okay, I'm a podcaster who has 50 episodes. Cool. You are more successful than 99% of podcasters because most people don't ever get there. And it's in the vacuum. I think we get stuck in that vacuum where you could help somebody start. You could help with social media. You could help with interview skills. There's a lot of different places you can start, but you won't if you don't believe that you're at least competent in that arena. And there's definitely the imposter syndrome. I very much understand. I lived that for a long time. I very much understand. So, I mean, my podcast career could have ended uh, um, the first year I started podcasting. and I got, I caught COVID and it mm. was one of the worst experiences that I've ever had in my life. Uh, you know, they thought I had meningitis in my brain and they were going to stick a needle in my spine about this big because uh, I couldn't move my neck. Uh, I got very, very ill. Like I literally thought I was going to die. And then I caught it again. It took another year and I got sick again this January. So, but I could have used that as an excuse just to walk away and be like, look, mm-hmm. I can't do this. But I didn't. You know why? Because it, it, for what? You, you can't let roadblocks in this business stop you from doing something you love. Even if I don't make money, like I said, I still love doing what I do. I still love talking to people, love putting content out. But I'm trying to make money with this. My, my purpose is to make and I will make money at some point with this. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm a realist. I don't you know, we all want to dream big. I tell people all the time, dream big, driven, dream in vibrant, beautiful colors. Do what you do. Always keep in mind what your goals are. But I'm also a realist at the same time. And I know, listen, I have to keep my nine to five for right now. I have a family to take care of. I have a wife. I have kids. I have a car payment mortgage. I know what I have to do. So for me, my role to where I need to be is going to, my path is going to be a bit different than everybody else's. And I'm okay with that. 
But I think a lot of people are not okay with that. <laughs> and yeah. They want it now. And if they can't get it now, they move on to it. The, they give up too easily in this business. And I think that's a sad thing. Yeah. There's just so much behind the scenes that people don't see. That's, that's what it is. Uh, you know, we've uploaded, I have uploaded episodes in my car outside of the gym on my phone Wi-Fi, So we didn't miss, we've done it. And we almost missed a plane in Arizona because we were uploading in the airport from an interview we did the day before. There are so many things behind the scenes that most people just don't see. So they assume, maybe they assume it's easy or, or somebody got lucky, whatever. And people do get lucky, but yeah, you can't, you can't compare to somebody else's result. You can't, you, you can't because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Right. We, if, if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know we have 15 people on our team. You wouldn't know that we have, I don't know, 15 different monetization points in our business. You wouldn't know that we have 50 something clients. You would just wouldn't know you couldn't, how could you? Right. So it really is. You can only compare to where you are today where you were yesterday and where you want to be and ask yourself the hard question of, am I doing all I can? And if you're doing all you can, keep doing more than all you can forever. And if you're not doing all you can, do a little more. But the hard truth is not everybody will succeed at the level they want. I mean, I, I, I'm not a motivational speaker. It's not, I'm not, I can't say that everybody's going to crush it because it just isn't going to work that way. It's not meant for everybody to crush it. I want you to crush it at whatever level you want to, but I won't lie to you and guarantee it's going to happen. It, it just, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. This is brutal. This is brutal. Su success is all about perspective for me. It's mm. all about perspective. I can let, you know, my, you can have somebody that's making $30,000 a year, have a one bedroom apartment, and it'd be the happiest person in the world. And I tell people, and, and like I said, I do this for a living. Some of the most miserable people you will ever meet in your life are multimillionaires. They're not happy. Some of the happiest people in the world make $30,000 a job living in a one bedroom apartment. Life is good for them. Yep. They don't, but when you reach a certain peak, I think, People get bored. <laughs> it's just true. People get bored. They've done everything they can do and they look for other things to do. But sometimes, like I said, millionaires sometimes are the most miserable. Money doesn't make you happy. Mm -mm. It can help you get to a certain point where you need to be, but you have to be willing to make yourself happy. Yep. Money's not going to do that for you. And I think people have the perceptive uh, perception that money's the key to, to, to everything for them. And it's not. It's yeah. not. It's a tool for you to use. You have to have it, but it's not everything. No, you, everybody's searching for fulfillment at the end of the day. I had a moment early in the journey. I was broke. I had no clients. I had no money and we had no listens. I was walking around my kitchen and I remember for the first time in my life, I felt, I felt proud of who I was. I was fulfilled. I was in alignment with what I wanted to, to be. And I was growing and I was contributing greater than I ever had before. And that was happiness. That was way better than the $100,000 I made the year before. It was way better than the sports car. Now, now my challenge and my goal is to do all of it in alignment. I mean, I have very big goals financially, but trust me, it's not because I think they're going to make me happy. I, I've tried that already and I failed. But what I do realize is if I have a billion dollar net worth, I can help people in a different way than I can if I have a hundred thousand. That's okay. But this is the question. Are you willing to do what it takes to get your level of success? Whatever your level of success is. If you want to make a million dollars a day, cool, do that. If you want to make $40,000 a year, do that. I love it. I love it. It's not up to me to choose your version of success because I don't know what success means to you. I didn't know what it meant to me until I had it. And then I gave it all up to figure out what it really was. So what I love about what we're doing right now before we wrap up is, is the fact that I'm introducing you to my audience because some of my audience may not know you and your mm -hmm. audience definitely doesn't know me. 
So I, I think it's, you know, these collaborations, I think, are important in this type of industry that we're in because it's cross-promotion and people don't realize that cross-promotion is important. So for you, where, I know I know you're a top 100 podcast. I know a lot of people know where you are, but where can people find you at uh, for your podcast, for your content, your, your handles? Yeah, sure. Search Next Level University. We're on every major podcast platform and we're also on YouTube. All of our episodes go up on YouTube. And then the best place to reach out to me is Instagram. I am at never quit kid, or you can just search Kevin Palmieri on Facebook or LinkedIn. I don't use TikTok. I, I only use three platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Those are the three. I know it goes against what everybody else says, but for me, it's what's sustainable. It's what is sustainable. Those are the most, most sustainable three. So yeah, you can reach out there and we'd love to connect. All right. So look, Kevin, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Man, this has been a great conversation. It's, you know, went a little longer than I thought I was going to go, which is fine because when you have good content, you just got to keep talking. And I think this is, this is one of those times where it was very educational, but very entertaining at the same time. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for everybody for listening and we will talk to you later. Oh.